Welcome to our seventh installment of Cracking Open the Podcast, brought to you by the Sage Circle. In this series, I interview Sage Circle members to find out about their intuitive journey and development. Today's guest is Zolita, a master life coach. Zolita shares with us what it was like growing up as a highly intuitive child while living on the grounds of a state mental hospital. She also shares with us who supported her along the way and how she was able to find balance with her intuition. Let's jump into Cracking Open. Welcome to another episode of Cracking Open, the podcast. I am really excited to introduce to you Zolita. She has so much wisdom, so much knowledge, so much experience, and I'm really looking forward to talking to you today about your development. Thank you so much. I really like the opportunity of sharing. Well, let's jump right on in. Tell me when you were first aware of your intuition, when it first started to open, what was that like for you? So it was a little terrifying because I was very clairvoyant as a child and I was aware of beings. I was aware of ghosts. I was aware of angels. I was aware of energy patterns that seemed to be like shapes and sounds. And it was hard feeling stable and balanced because my father happened to work in a mental hospital as the head pharmacist and I lived on the grounds of the mental hospital. So crazy was something that I was very aware of and I had serious concerns about whether or not I was crazy. So let me get this right. As a small child, you have visuals, strong visuals. Very strong visuals. Beings and people and not only that, but you're, you're being raised in this institution environment where the word crazy comes out quite a bit. And I have to imagine that the energies in that environment weren't always peaceful. No, there was tortured energies. Mm-hmm. And I can remember this really dramatic thing that happened when I was about six and a half. You know, I, I really had some very good angels and those angels were part of my experience as a young child. And I remember trying to introduce a friend to an angel. And she said, you must be crazy. (laughs) And then the very next week, my mother and I were going through the grounds of the state mental hospital where I lived on the grounds to get get the car at my father's office because my parents only had one car. And they had these big chicken wire enclosures where patients were there in the out of, you know, in the out of doors. And I saw this woman talking to this spirit that was wrapped around a tree. And I said to my mother, why is that woman in a cage? And my mother said, she probably sees spirits. So they keep a blog. (laughs) So, okay. All right. So as a kid, (laughs) what's natural for you? You're now witnessing an adult that has the same thing. And this is the result or the consequence of people knowing you can do that. How did you work through that? So I felt like it wasn't safe to talk to my mother, but I felt like I could talk to my grandmother. My grandmother read tarot cards. 
Nice. My grandmother had all kinds of what we would think of as like Wicca type behavior in doing rituals and things like that. And my mother kind of treated my grandmother as if she was a little wacky. But I went to my grandmother and I talked to her about this. And my grandmother said, women in our family sometimes have this. And then she told me a story about one of my great, great grandmothers who used to read people's fortunes in the well. And they tried to stone her. It was in the 1700s and they tried to stone her. So her parents sold her as an indentured servant to come to America. So this discussion kind of told me some things. It told me, okay, this is normal, but you cannot let people find out. Yes, you were acknowledged. Yeah. I'm just grateful to hear that there was somebody there that acknowledged you. Yes. But what an incredible turbulent history. Yes, it was very, very scary. But my grandmother taught me to read tarot cards when I was 11. Yeah. And she encouraged my interest in creating things like ambulance and talismans. Mm-hmm. She lived in Berkeley, so we could go to the university library and we could get books from Egypt I was very into Egyptology. And so I made all these protective amulets because I was really kind of plagued by some dark forces for a while. I am so grateful for your grandmother right now. Yes, I am so grateful for her too. Oh, grateful yeah. for her. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by The Sage Method, the most comprehensive and down-to-earth intuitive development training available. Is this your year? Is it finally your time to increase your intuition, bring in more abundance, and experience the bliss you deserve? If yes, then join thousands of students across the world for a seven-week journey to uncover your natural, beautiful, and strong intuition. Visit us at thesagemethod.com for more information. So moving forward then, she mentors you. She, she gives you the space to be able to learn and, and some guidance. Yes. How did it continue to develop? What happened next for you? So I grew up in Berkeley, California during the 1960s. So I was really exposed to that whole consciousness raising thing. I was lucky enough to hang around with some of the early people that were creating the Berkeley Psychic Institute. So I went to classes there at the same time I went to the University of California at Berkeley. But my main goal was to turn off my clairvoyance. Ah. I had to learn how to turn it down because I could walk into a room and I could know, oh, that person's having a big fight with that person. And this person over here is, has like some kind of disease and this person here, it was like I had all this AM radio in my head. Okay. And I learned through meditation and yoga and visualization to kind of keep those senses turned down except when I'm doing my work. And then I talk about it with my clients. That is incredible. So in essence, you learn to ground. I learned to ground, yes. yes. And to center and um, to kind of rein it in. Yes, because it was too overwhelming. I had too much input into me to really be able to stay stable. So I did a lot of things like live in yoga ashrams Mm-hmm. and study with Tibetan Buddhist lamas and got really into meditation and 
things like that. And so all of those things were basically grounding kind of techniques. Absolutely. It's so beautiful to hear that here's this child just bursting wide open, like you said, an antenna, just picking up from everything and being able to see and hear. And, and yet you had these people on your path that continued to fall into your path at the right time to help you to be able to manage it. That's the spiritual journey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the journey is to, to get into that place where that's why I absolutely love your ground, clear and protect. I mean, that is just such a wonderful, simple formula mm -hmm. that has such profound effect. Has, it's, it's my favorite, yeah. <laughs> it's my absolute favorite. And it's so true um, that being ungrounded, especially so wide open as a kid, I mean, it's just, it's coming in from every angle. It's already hard enough to be a kid and a teenager and, you know, in your, in your twenties and, and to have that coming in, I'm just grateful that there were people along the way for you. Yes, definitely. And you know how you said in your newsletter about sometimes that energy that you feel doesn't even really belong to you. Mm -hmm. That's what I had a lot of problems with in my late teens and early 20s is that I was sponging up everybody's emotional health issues. You know, I was getting a degree in clinical psychology so I could really prove I was not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I know what crazy is. I'm not really crazy. Uh, but that input from other people was just so overwhelming. And at some point I did learn how to put a space suit on me. Tell me about think, that. So remember when the, when the, no, you're probably too young, but there was a really big thing about astronauts when I was in my teens and early twenties and astronauts were like going to the moon and all of those things were happening, okay? So I started imagining that the Archangel Michael and the Archangel Gabriel, who were very present, but still are present in my inner world, were standing on each side of me and they were pouring liquid light onto me and I could make a space suit that I could wear in the world. Not, so you just naturally did the protection piece of Ground Clear Protect. Yeah. And I love that. Inspired by astronauts. That's a good one. Yes. Yes. So I could wear a space suit when I was wandering around with people and I didn't get what I used to call um, psychosomatic mental illness. There you go. There you go. That's wonderful. So now moving forward, you got your degree. You went out there, started to do some of the work. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. So I got a degree in clinical psychology and then went to graduate school and got a degree in social work with a specialty in marriage and family therapy. And one of my big goals was to want to grow up and have a happy family. And so I was lucky enough in the early 1980s to meet a wonderful man. I, he was not the father of my two children, but he really became their father. Mm -hmm. And we had a wonderful 30-year marriage. And I always used my intuition in my work. I was a psychotherapist for 35 years. I've been a coach for 12. 
I do hypnosis and hypnosis is a good cover for spiritual healing. Because <laughs> you're creating that space, that sacred space for that client to reach contact with source energy. And you so, are, you're, you're letting the agreed upon reality fall away, yes. which is exactly what we talk about when it comes to tapping in intuitively. Yes. And so over the course of time, I became more and more connected with that. So it was kind of a natural thing to get out of therapy and get more into coaching, which I like so much more, so much more. <laughs> and when I talk to my clients on that first session, I say, you know, it is very important to me that you become aware that I do have spiritual gifts and that I utilize those spiritual gifts in the work with my clients, providing you're comfortable with that. I bet no one is uncomfortable with it. Everybody that is drawn to you, actually that just really enhances the experience. Yes, definitely, definitely. Now in your personal day-to-day, -day, so that's in your business, which is, is a beautiful ripple effect. In your personal life too, do you use your intuition on a regular basis? I only use my intuition. <laughs> I was kind of setting you up for that question because I think I knew the answer. Like, I, love it. I, I feel like because I've been working with my intuition really strongly for over 50 years, I now have the ability to become still and know. Yes. And I think that's where the intuitive journey takes you into that place of knowingness. It does. So you don't have to go, what are the pros? What are the cons? What should I do? What would the neighbors think? You just go inside and you say, what is my right choice? Mm -hmm. And then you know. Exactly. Now, listening to uh, your story from childhood to now, it strikes me that there's a lot of listeners out there who were not open as a child and they're really working hard doing the inner work and trying to get centered and balanced so they can open their intuition. And I, you know, having taught so many students over the years, I know that there's a frustration in that. And I think that this is wonderful that you're on here sharing your experience because there is the other side of that coin where, you know, there are people that work really, really hard to open it up and they're frustrated, but then there are people that have to work hard to manage something that is completely wide open from the beginning. So we're really all in it together, all moving forward, trying to balance whether it's bring more out or you know manage what we already have. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when your hair is curly and you wish it was straight or your hair is straight and you wish it was curly. <laughs> yeah. I feel like some of the listeners, you know, today are gonna hear this and, and find comfort in that, especially the listeners that walked through some of the same things that you went through. Yes. I think it's always important to remember that when we start connecting to other people and consciousness, we all win when we all win. Yes. And so as more and more people in the community get connected with each other, the whole ocean rises. And so the consciousness of the community increases. And so for people that feel frustrated, one of the things that I so encourage them to do is to learn to become still. Absolutely, absolutely. Now you're a part of this community of the Sage Circle. Is there an area of the circle that particularly works with you and resonates with you? 
I get so much out of the sacred spaces. I, I, I take my journal with me into the experience and have my journal right there. And then when the experience is done, I just allow myself to just kind of do free association writing without thinking about what I'm writing. It's like almost automatic writing. Mm -hmm. And I have found, I've only really been a member of the community probably since November, but I have made an effort to really make every one of the sacred spaces and they are so beneficial. That is so wonderful and warms my heart. It's one of my favorites too. I mean, we have one tonight. We're recording yes. today and there's there's a sacred space tonight. I'm and signed it, up. I know, <laughs> me too. <laughs> but I, I look forward to it, especially when it's at the end of my day or a work week or something. Yeah. You know, just to get that filled, just to raise the vibration. And like you said, that conscious collective feeling is, is so guiding. Now, I want to ask you for more wisdom. In addition to what you've already shared with us, that the going inside and the being still, what's another piece of wisdom that you would give someone who's walking their spiritual path and, and trying to navigate it? So this is probably past life, but I have a lot of affinity towards ritual, like doing full moon rituals, doing new moon rituals, doing equinox rituals, doing solstice rituals, that when you start to fall into that ritual pattern, I think you enter into another wavelength of consciousness about all of those who have walked that path before. Yes, I love that. I love that. I'm sitting with it because that's very, very insightful. So those of you out there who want to have some more reinforcement on your spiritual journey, but always, it's always important to remember it's not a race and it's not a competition. And however you do your journey is totally, completely right for you. But if you want to bring more intention in the path, start learning how to work with rituals. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I think that's absolutely wonderful. This is why I was really looking forward. I was like, she has wisdom because you have so much experience and you work with people. This is, this is the other aspect of the Sage Circle is that the collective community is coming together, raising their consciousness, raising their vibration so that the ripple effect can happen so that they can go out and pour even more love out into the world and lift up. And you are doing exactly that. Can you talk before we wrap up here? Can you tell me a little bit about the very meaningful work that you do right now? So I, I talk about myself as being a hypnotic coach. I definitely use hypnosis, spiritual healing and coaching in my work. I work with one-to-one -one with clients. I have some packages that are clearing packages. See, a lot of people need to just get those blocks out of their subconscious so they can shift their mindset and really achieve their goals. So I offer those clearing packages to people so that they can get those out of the way. I also have this wonderful thing that really touches my heart is I put together this training program called the Roadmap to Success. And it is a life coaching certification. It's done at a self-paced individual study it contains a lot of downloadable books and materials, but it has 24 one-to-one -one sessions with me. And in those sessions, 
I teach and train the skills of hypnosis and coaching and how to make it into a successful business. So for somebody that is interested in becoming a life coach with hypnosis, you just can't get a better mentor. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I know how to do this. Yeah, well, and with all of your experience, especially somebody that's very spiritual and very connected into the spiritual energies and they want to go out and they want to, they're interested in hypnosis, they're interested in life coaching, perhaps they want to put that together and go out in the world with their own ripple effect. I don't think that they could get a better mentor than somebody oh. that has had so much incredible experience in their lifetime. Well, thank you kindly. And if anybody would like to find out more, I'm doing complimentary Zoom calls mm -hmm. to find out if you could really make this work for you. And we will definitely put more information in comment area. Absolutely. Great. And I thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on here. Your stories are inspiring and hopeful and your wisdom is so helpful. Well, thank you so much and thank you for having me. And I wanna tell you, I've done a lot of intuitive training over the years and I love your sage circle and I love your approach. It's very, very beautiful. Oh, thank you, Zolita.